not just a belief of mine. It's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, discovering your core and also your gift is your niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everybody. It's Patricia Noel Drain, and we're here with another guest that you're going to fall in love with today. You have just tuned into When Passion Meets Profit. And, you know, one thing I really want to stress today is profit for a lot of us is about money. Profit for a lot of us is about self-satisfaction. And profit for a lot of us is about applause or accolades. So we have to remember that because I've had people turning me down to be on the podcast because they think they're supposed to be a millionaire at this time. No, no, those people are for other people to interview. I like interviewing everyday people that are enjoying their life and enjoying the ride that they're on. And that's why I've chosen to interview June Klein or have a conversation, I I should say, with June Klein. I don't like doing formal introductions, as you know by now, because I like the person to talk and tell about themselves so we really get to know them. But I met June Klein, I don't know how many years ago I'm going to say, but she was at National Speakers Association with me. And she was one of those people that just understands the art of humor. She understands that art of adding some kind of a piece of humor humor to anything that you're doing or speaking about, because when you do that, it just lightens the load. And she is so good at that. I can't I can't wait for you to meet her. June Klein, welcome to the call. Oh my gosh, you flatter me. Did I not make my millions yet, girl? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I, I didn't mean to say that. There you I'm go. Like, I'm so qualified. <laughs> but I'm sneaking up on it, girl. I am you sneaking are so up qualified. on it. <laughs> but you know, I, I didn't even think of that when I was saying it because I can't tell you how many people this week has said, they have said, I just can't be on it because it's when passion meets profit. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I'm that profitable yet. And I'm like, don't go there with me. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. So that's why I decided to add that. <laughs> and of all people I added it with is the girl that is a millionaire. Okay. Well, here let we me go, tell you, let, but let me, t- let me say more about what I just did. I listen. And that's the first clue that I want people to get over the power of initiating laughter and the power of, of making making somebody else laugh. So you have to listen. Yeah. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, she's so correct. I haven't made my first million yet, but I'm sneaking up on it, girl. I am so almost <laughs> there. When this quiz hits and gets out there, this is the deal. But I just, I just want to, that's the first learning point right there is listen okay. so you can right. call back. You know, that's a very, very uh, good, fabulous learning point, because I can tell you, having coached so many people and certifying coaches, the number one thing that I can't seem to teach them is they have to listen rather than talk. And Mm. so you, you can't be more true about that. That's just as big as it gets. But June, you know, one thing I'd love to start each podcast with is a question about you being a little girl. I think when we go all the way back to when we're five and six, and that's who we really are, that's what we came into the world with. Can you give even maybe a little story that depicts who June Klein was at that time? Oh my gosh, at five and six, I was in trouble. I was always in trouble. Mm. Because, (laughs) you know, you know, my motto is to make it a great ride. And it's all about the freedom, excitement and adventure. And I that's who I was as a kid. I ran away at age four, because I couldn't wear my Easter shoes. 
And I still <laughs> remember this, having a fight with my mama. <clears throat> and she was like, well, I said, I'm going to, I'm leaving. I'm going away. And she said, okay. And she said, can I help you pack? And I said, yes. And so she had this massive box. It was as big as I was. And I couldn't put my Easter shoes in there, but you know, I could put a few things and she helped me get down the stairs to the front steps. And <laughs> I am pushing this box up a sidewalk in at the time we lived in Chicago, Illinois, as big as I am. And there's a crack in the sidewalk and I cannot get the box over the crack in the sidewalk. And so my <laughs> mama knew where I was going. She had already gone to the back door to watch me cross the little alleyway going to Ruthie's house, which was my best girlfriend at age four. And I didn't come and I didn't go. She didn't see me. So I looked up and there's mama running up the sidewalk and her dress. I can just see it still flapping in the breeze, trying to find where her baby had not shown up. Mm. <laughs> and oh. she came up and uh, knelt down beside me and she saw the dilemma and she said, well, do you want to continue to run away or do you want to come home? Isn't that beautiful? Mm. And I went It's the sweetest mama. story ever. <laughs> and, and how did you say face with yourself at age four? Did you, did you just say it's time for me to go home? Or oh what? yeah. Oh yeah. I was going mm -hmm. home with mama. <laughs> there was yeah, no question. Yeah, that was already harder. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a very sweet story. And it's also really depicting a view and, and the, and what a smart mama you had. Holy yeah. moly, that's a smart, hey, let me help you pack. You know, yeah. that's the best line I've ever heard. <laughs> and June, now tell me how that relates to the ride that you use. You say, make it a great ride. Tell me where that came from. Well, that story is from my motorcycle experience. You know, I am mm -hmm. the Southern Sassy and Savvy Harley Riding Humorist. And oh, okay. I have spent spent um, a lifetime using humor, really, to get out of trouble, to get promoted, to get visible, to be seen. And I always wanted to ride a motorcycle, but I was forbidden. And so when I went through a major life change called a divorce and just life, I ended up literally uh, a motorcycle fell in my lap, which sounds um, heavy all 574 pounds of her, but not, not really. I was going down the road and a girlfriend of mine was with me. I lived in Arizona on my way to give a speech in San Diego. And she was on the phone with her soon to be ex sister and uh, daughter-in-law. And she was going, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. I know. I know. And then she turned to me and said, do you want a motorcycle or not? And oh. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and I ended up to help somebody else out from under a payment and a difficult time, I said, yeah, because it was a lifelong dream. So flash forward, wow. the third motorcycle, because I bought it sight unseen. I didn't know how to ride. I'm 53 years old. <laughs> I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. So I took lessons and I kept dropping the bike. It would fall over for no reason in a parking lot at a red light for standing still. <laughs> I would just fall flat. You know, like, remember Artie Johnson on Latvian? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just dated ourselves right there. But I would be like him. I would just flop, flop over. And it <laughs> took the third instructor to see what I was doing. And so we were doing stop and goes where you had to go around in a circle and come up within like 10 to 15 feet of the motor of the instructor and stop quickly from going, being up to about 20 miles an hour without killing mm. the, the, the instructor. So I came around twice. I was fine. The third time I came around, I flopped over. There it was. And he knew that I had to, that I told him, you know, I keep dropping the bike. Well, he said, I see your problem. And it's twofold. Well, do tell, dude. So he said, you um, have no, listen very carefully. He said, you have no crotch air. Oh. And I remember thinking, well, how does he know? But here's, there's no distance. It's a technical term. And it means there's no distance between me and the bike. When I stood up, when I stopped and my feet were on the ground, 
there was no distance between me and the bike. And he said, oh. you have a nasty little habit of tilting your head to the left and your weight is shifting from your hips and it's pulling the bike over. If you will keep your head on straight, you might be able to make it a great ride. And that's, that changed my life. Oh, now how long have you had a bike? Oh, five. Since 05, oh, wow. I've been riding for what, 16 years now? Is that Oh, that now? is great. And is that true that it's 574 pounds? Mine is. Some of them are a thousand. Oh, wow. Yeah, but mine is. Oh, I, I had no idea. I, I remember somebody telling me that their bike, I they had a term for it, like it went down or, or whatever. And they were in trouble because it went down. Yeah. You've got to know how to pick it up. And you learned that in the course. And I could pick it up by myself, but I don't want to ever have to do that. And so far I haven't. So let me knock on, oh, I only have metal in glass here. Uh But I'll use my head. But yeah, (laughs) and, and what I didn't know is I bought a Sportster and they're top heavy. So I didn't understand that the weight of the bike was up high. So when I did shift at all, once that 574 pounds starts going, there ain't no stopping it. So. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now I could talk about this all day long, but I'm going to go to another (laughs) subject because I, one of the things I love to hear from people, and this is where we get to hear your story, but take us on your career journey on your, I think you've always been an entrepreneur, but I don't know that. So take us on, on your career journey. Oh, gosh, absolutely. And I haven't always been an entrepreneur. I started out in corporate and found myself, again, being known, noticed, visible by my sense of humor. And even when I was going for a job interview, this is when Jerry and I had moved to Utah and College of Eastern Utah, I went in the the room for the the interview and came around the corner and oh my gosh there was a table with like 20 people sitting around it and nobody told me that it was i've been on one-on-one interviews but never on a committee interview Mm. scared me to death thank goodness the chair was like three feet away was the hot seat i literally fell into it my knees buckled when i saw all those people and i was Mm, terrified And they're all looking at me with their placid funeral grins, you know, there's no energy and no anything and fell out of my mouth, the words of my grandmother, which she I said, well, if I'd known you all were coming, I'd have baked a cake. (laughs) It cracked them up. (laughs) They had, they had something like 27 applicants and one was a shoe in because it was the second cousin thrice removed of one of the people on the committee. And my girlfriend told me a week after I had gotten the job and was in the position, she, she told me the backstory about the little, the little argument and the fight and go back to the funny one, go back to the funny one. And because the funny one was qualified, I got the job. The edge was my sense of humor. And it's been that way my whole life. So then how I got into speaking and doing this, I was in student financial aid for 16 years. And everybody knows there's nothing funny about student financial aid. Except I was director of financial aid there at the College of Eastern Utah. And the, the things that would come across my desk that were hysterical on the forms would make me laugh. And I just started to, I I wrote idiots on there and I thought, well, if I die or somebody, if I, you know, that'll look bad. So I put IMOs, idiot moments. And so (laughs) I would started to collect those bloopers and I ended up volunteering to give a speech for some reason. I'd never done anything like that before. I was like, and I was terrified. It's 300 of my peers and I'm standing up there like I've got good sense showing these student bloopers and had them rolling in the floor. And somebody came up afterward and 
said, how much would you charge to do that at our state association meeting? We have a thousand dollar honorarium. And I said, I am so there for you. <laughs> I was going to say 50 bucks, Patricia, <laughs> you know, pay my gas. I'll go. But that led to a 30 year career. Wow. That's how long you've been doing the speaking and, and the humor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's Awesome. You never know where something is going to lead you. So I just love that you're just, you were just willing to do it. Just get up there, do it. If, if it failed, it failed. But if not, then yay, you got a thousand dollar gig. On another note, though, I'm wondering this as you were talking, June, you're just naturally a funny girl. I mean, you have been since you're a little girl. So I wondered how hard is it to teach somebody humor, especially if they're really a straight laced let's say man that's incorporate how how easy is that well you know what that i i'm grateful for that question and it leads me right into my comedic styles and i have so much knowledge and experience and gained understanding and it is an art form i'm going to tell you and you got to wanna you've just got to want mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. it more and to understand the nuance. And it's why people get in so much trouble. I mean, just kidding. If you've ever had that said to you, then somebody made you the butt of the joke. And typically it's not fun to be the butt of the joke. You've got to have three things totally intact and realize that every time you have to say, just kidding, you're going to be losing in one of these areas. And I call it real relevant relationship real relevant relationships so real is is it pointed in or pointed out and i i ask then does it match your belly button so do you naturally default to pointed out humor where somebody else is the butt of the joke and you do have to say just kidding if that's the case then you've got to pay attention because that takes an emotional hit as dr stephen covey said it's an um, your emotional bank account has to be pretty full and each time you get a ding, he said, it's like, it takes 20 pluses. And I've since read, heard articles that um, say it's up to 80 now, that you have to have wow. 80 pluses every time you, you ding somebody emotionally. Well, that's a lot of pluses. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is relevant. It has to be relevant. You can't take something that nobody gets or knows. And oftentimes we'll do that. We'll do a call back to somebody, one of our friends or something, and nobody gets it because they weren't there. They don't know what happened. So that's one way the humor can crash. It wasn't relevant for the time. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, your gift is your niche. So now I created a course called yourgiftisyourniche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E And in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I don't don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait 
for you to get to know the most important person in your life. That's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E, and if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. And then again, the relationship. You have to be really strong in that relationship. So real, relevant, and relationship. Well, I love that. And I want to go to your the quiz that we were talking about because I thought it would be fun to take that quiz before we got on here. And the quiz is on JuneKlein.com. And Klein is C-L-I-N-E. We'll say it again at the end, but JuneKlein.com. And she asks, what what's your comedic style? Take the quiz. And of course, I would never even begin to know how to say that about my particular comedic style, because I don't think of myself as a comedian. But I love taking this quiz. And, and you will too. You have to go on that and take that quiz, because it really depicts exactly how your humor is affecting other people and the kind of humor you have. And June, how did you come up with that fabulous quiz? Oh, thank you. You know what? It really came from me being the speaker. And I didn't understand why I could rock some audiences and just make them lose fluids literally. And then, you know, I wipe in kind of thing. And are uh, some just sat there with their arms folded and didn't mm -hmm. seem to have a reaction at all. So I came home very frustrated one week. I had given four different speeches in three different states that week. And I had such mixed reactions. I just sat down with a notepad and started thinking about the people that were there and then how they reacted. And I started, I came up with crazy, caring, cerebral, and caustic. And what that was, was student financial aid were the crazies because they were wild and crazy. And that's kind of where I got my start anyway, it is. And then caring was a group of nurses. The cerebrals was a group of bankers, data people, and then the caustic was a union group, not to cast any dispersions, oh. but the same material that I was delivering was received very differently. So I started to, and at the time, DISC and all of those were very popular. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I thought, I can, I can do a comedic style. Now, who thinks of that? I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I mean, really, that just shows your creativity at, along with your humor. And, and when I took the comedic style quiz, I came out as caring. And I'm so glad I did, because if I came out caustic, I don't know what I would have done, <laughs> because I, I have been around people like that. And it's not a, a fun feeling. It isn't funny <laughs> at all. Well, and I, I just, let me, let me set this quiz up. There are no right or wrong. There's just preference. And preference mm -hmm. is for you. It's not for the listener. And humor is determined by the listener. We're all the way back mm -hmm. to the beginning of listen. Listen to what's said. And it is true. I mean, but now you'll get it because you have caustic friends. You may be married to it. Some people, this, this quiz has saved marriages. It's saved families. It's saved teens because they have said things to me that, that they just thought the person hated them. And they were like, oh, they're just caustic. It's not about me. It's just the way they like to give their, to, to do their humor. And once they understood that, they could hear it differently and even let it go or come back and stand toe to toe with them. And that's one of the things I teach in my classes is you sometimes you've just got to go toe to toe and you may not want to be caustic, but you give it back to them because they gave it to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It really does. And it's so refreshing to know that that humor can be given to somebody because I know people and a lot of them, by the way, that really say to me all the time, I wish I could be lighter. I wish I wasn't such a heavy, deep conversationalist, you know, and I mm -hmm. know that humor would help that. And there you are. You're the person that's going to be able to help these people. I love it. You know, has, have you discovered June as you're doing this? Because I certainly love your website. It's just so well done. 
But have you discovered for yourself a tool that has really helped you in your business, in your career? Oh, gosh, so many, but mainly mine. (laughs) The comedic style is what's really helped me the most. But I'm trying to think, you know, I just will go back to comedians for a while. I study, but then again, this is a special interest. It's just like somebody else loves gardening or mm-hmm. motorcycles mm-hmm. or whatever. So whatever it is, I think it really you really have to hone in to you and be authentically you. So this won't be for everybody. But the reason I put comedic styles is I want you to identify with one of the comedians and then watch them and see how much and or if you are like them or what resonates with you around them because if they're out there and and, and way back in the day I'll date myself again it was shoot I had Johnny Carson as the cerebral and Jim Carrey is crazy and I had Bill Cosby but bless his heart he was he was a little more caring than he needed to be apparently and then I had (laughs) shoot oh Carlin George Carlin is a caustic and so if you go back to those icons and people say, you need to update your people. Well, yes, I know, because all of those are That's iconic. Right. You can go on yep. YouTube and you can see, you can take that word list and you can just about check off every single one as to that comedic style. Absolutely. And if you know that about yourself and you know that your boss or your spouse or significant other, you can hear them. And that's, that's what I'm saying is people really get it, that there's a lot more to this than a throwaway punchline that then requires, I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that answered your question. (laughs) Yes, you did, June. But you know, I, I was interested because when you named the comedians and I, of course, everybody knows every one of those people, but they're all men. And so yes. I'm just wondering, who is your favorite woman oh, gosh. comedian Carol today? Carol Burnett, for God's sake. Yes, okay. Carol Burnett. Okay. Uh, Rita Rudner is absolutely one of my all-time favorites. And then... I I'm, don't know her. What? Tell me Oh, Rita about Rudner. Her. She says... Rita Rudner. Rita Rudner. You can uh, Google her. R-I-T-A-R-U-D-D-E-R. I think Rudd. R-U-D... Rudder. Rudner. Rudner. And oh my God, she was, she was a crazy one. But I love... I love her line. And as long as you're not on stage, you know, plagiarizing anybody, you can use these lines. But she says, I pulled a groin muscle this morning. It wasn't mine. <laughs> no, that's just, it's just funny. It cracks me up. And then she also uh, talks about her. She says, my mother, she said, you know how uh, people build castles in the sky perfect pause. And she says, well, my mother cleans them. Apparently she has <laughs> with her mother. Now you have to know, I have a castle in the air uh, picture framed on my wall. <laughs> oh, do. how fun. Because I you love know, that June, so much. I realized really, as you've been talking, it is, it is definitely about the humor, but it is really the delivery, isn't it? So much. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's multifaceted. It's very layered. You've got to get it get it right and the the style and i'm complimented on that a lot is the pause and the style and the way you cut your eyes at a certain i've got some footage and it, it took me seeing it for me to realize my body language my facial expressions and if you start watching comedians you'll see it and you'll get it and that's why i'm saying you know you, you got to want to, but even the novice yeah, that yeah. just wants to lighten up, it is just to be able to quote a favorite comedian or to be able to, to emulate some of their body language. It's, it can be that simple, but it's also mm-hmm. that skilled and that savvy. Absolutely. And you know, you said this earlier in our conversation that you really want people to be themselves and be authentic to themselves, but you can still take some style away or or a different kind of idea. Now, I do have to tell you, though, I had a partner at one time and she, she decided to really focus on this person and kind of copy her on stage. And so she tried to walk like her and talk like her. And it was a disaster because she wasn't being herself at all. Yes. (laughs) So what what do you say about that? I mean, how how do you still be authentic, but still take some richness 
from another person? Oh, gosh, I think that's such a great question. Now, one of the things I was going to say earlier is I'm named after June Carter Cash. Now, that's another oh. one. Remember Johnny Cash and the Carter yes. family? Y'all, this is old. We're talking old music now. But my mama was a Mother Maybelle. She loved the Carter family. So she named me after June Carter Cash because she would walk. My mama would walk to the Grand Ole Opry, hitchhike and and sneak in the Grand Ole Opry. So I guess I come by it natural that I ran away and had the shoes and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> But I, Mama named me after June Carter Cash. So I don't know which came first. The klutziness are just realizing who I am. But the more you realize who you are and own it, make it bigger, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. make it more klutzy, make it more whatever you are, that's the best way. It's not, and not to say that you can't learn from other people and like, your person that was trying to borrow mm -hmm. or become that person that just doesn't work you've got to go deeper into who you are does that make sense that's why i i think the quiz is so important your quiz and anybody else's quiz that's why all of those things like play to your strengths and all of those things are so important to do the work and many people just won't do the work. They just want to go out there and have it all happen for them. But you do have to take instruction, learn about yourself. But the bottom line is exactly what you said, June. Get deep, go to the core of who you are, and then play to that. Only you can add things that you can be instructed. Like June can teach you how to add humor to who it is you already are. Correct? Well, it's... The ROI of LOL, that's been a keynote title of mine for a long time. The return on investment of laughing out loud. And that's mm. exactly what I'm talking about. I've done it. I am where I am today because in corporate, I made the right people, even two and three layers above me, which often got me in trouble, <laughs> a little trouble. And it's risky. It is risky and sometimes you're going to fail and it's going to be oops and you just hope everybody forgets, forgets quickly. <laughs> but <laughs> I have done that and it's not easy and it's not for the faint of heart. And just like you said, no. not everybody's willing to do the work. Oh, no. I, you know, I at the end of each podcast, after talking with people like you, I love to end with golden nuggets that I heard them say. Many times they don't even realize that they said them because they're in the moment. And I like to come away with a couple of them. And with you, I came away with 12. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. So here it is. Number one, listen so you can initiate laughter. I love that one, June. Number two, I don't know if you can teach listening, to be honest, but somebody said that you can. I, it's just that I haven't been able to. <laughs> Number two, use humor to be visible. I love mm -hmm. that. Three, buy the bike before you know how to ride. I think mm. that's my favorite one. Mm. <laughs> Number four, always say yes, because you never know what doors will open. And just like you getting, oh, the nerve to get up on stage and start talking and being this humor, per, this humorous person. And then somebody comes up, would you speak at our next? That's how it's done. Mm. Yay for you. Number five, <laughs> get real, relevant, and re have relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good triple R to pay attention to when, if you are especially the person that says, mm, maybe you dig the wrong people. And that takes me to number six, which is eliminate just kidding. And I, I think that's the best thing what we said all day, because I bet yesterday I talked with three people that dinged other people and said, just kidding. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know why that just happened, but it did. Number seven Take the quiz on JuneKlein.com. That's for me. That's not from from June, but JuneKlein, C-L-I-N-E.com. We'll also be telling you at the end how else you can get in touch with June. Number seven, or did I say seven? Yes. Number eight, humor is decided by the listener. I thought that was really brilliant. Number nine, discover a comedian who resonates with you. I love that also because why why look at somebody that doesn't really speak to you and make you laugh out loud? Mm -hmm. Number 10, you gotta wanna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's a little different phrasing, but I love it. You gotta wanna. Number 11, 
own who you are. And number 12, know your ROI of LOL. Did I say that right? You did. Dang, I'm good. You're good. (laughs) Dang, you're good. How can people get in touch with you, June? Because I know so many people that could use your help with with just lightening up their story. You know, they have their, everybody has a story, but some people need to lighten it. So how can they get in touch with you? JuneKlein.com. And on the site, in several places is the big O take the quiz button right there. It's free. You're going to get some feedback from me personally in a video format and people are loving that and it's surprising them a little bit. So I guess I just blew that surprise. But then uh, there's (laughs) also a a bunch of buttons that say, let's roll, let's have a conversation because I really want to talk to you. I really want to hear your story and hear what you're about, what you're up to. I don't, it's not a sales pitch. It's like, who the heck are you? And how's it working for you? How's the great law? And, you know, if you want to make life a great ride, how's that working for you? Because for me, I believe it all begins with laughter. Oh, that's great. As always, June Klein, you make me laugh out loud. And there's not a lot of people that do that. I can tell you on all my other podcasts, you can go back and listen to all of them. I didn't laugh out loud on any of them, I don't think. So I really thank you for that. And you're a gifted girl. And I am thrilled that I know you. So until we meet again, everybody, and thank you, June Klein, and thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one, of course, goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it earlier in the episode. But finally, I came up with another problem that I can solve. And it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now, I created a book called The Chosen Few, and I share a hundred tips that myself and others, other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it, because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.